Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm so happy to have you joining us today. I'm here with Russell Case. Hi, Harmony. Um, we, I just want to let you know, we've had some feedback from the research team. Oh, our research division? Yeah. Um, great guys. <laughs> love them to death. Uh, they've collected some responses from our, our listeners, um, mm-hmm. our audience at home. Um, just to give you a couple. Yeah. I don't want it to impact the show today in any way, but just um, one, great show, Lose the Dude. Um, <clears throat> no, two, Harmony's lovely. Russell could ask less less binary questions. <laughs> I don't I don't really know what that means. Um, I think the kids say that the binary. I don't know. Maybe uh, the third. Uh, the show works better when you flirt outrageously with the guests. <laughs> they said go further with that. Right. Yeah. So today, uh, speaking of which, we have uh, Maria Books on the air. Hi, Maria. Hi, Harmony. Hi, Russell. How are you? I am so... uh, very well. Good. It's so it's nice nervous. to have you here. Don't be yes, nervous. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm really, be... really honored and happy to, to be your guest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're honored to have you. You're a grandmother. Yeah. You would have, you're going to start with that? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so special. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm a grandmother. Because also you look very young and luscious. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of which, I have a, uh, an introduction for our audience. Um, if, I, if, you, if you would allow me, Maria, to introduce you. Yes, please. Maria Books. Am I pronouncing that right? Books? Books. 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 Oh, it was mm. more a de- mm. a declarative. Maria yeah. Books is a pioneer of Ashtanga Yoga, having founded one of the first Ashtanga Yoga Shalas in Stockholm, Sweden. Uh, she is an original student of her beloved Guruji, Shirike Pitabi Joyce, with whom she studied for 13 years. Harmony has described her as uh, one of the sexiest women she's ever met, a kind of Freya love goddess. Um, Maria, you, yeah. as I understand, you're the owner of the necklace Brisingaman. Yes. Is that you ride a chariot pulled by two cats? Mm-hmm. Mm. You are accompanied by the boar Hildeshvini. Yes. That's how you pronounce that? Hildeshvini? Hildeshvin. Hildeshvin. Uh, you're accompanied by the giant boar Hildeshvin at all times mm. and possess a cloak of falcon feathers. Mm. So, <laughs> yes, you are a kind of sex goddess. Is that correct? I mean, yeah, that's what, well, it's not what I feel that I am or how I kind of, uh, how do you say it? It's not how I look at myself. But if you say so, that's kind of nice, though. Yeah. Be a grandmother <laughs> and be that sexy, like a goddess. Well, well, my, my apologies today if my performance is a little wooden. Ah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, sexy grandmother. Do you do you remember when you met Maria the first time? And 
Yeah, we Where met, were you? We met in my first trip to Mysore. Mm-hmm. And I think we were in line going into the shala. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, you just kind of took me under your wing a little bit because I was probably there all doe-eyed looking frightened. Was that your first trip? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and, your first trip, Parmini. yeah. Yeah, you were like old school. You knew all everything, the ropes. Yeah. 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 It was nice. It was very had, nice, Harmony. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. And we had many trips there actually together. We seemed to always end up there at the same time. Yeah, because we both of us were there quite a lot from yes. that time and onwards until mm-hmm. it passed. So yeah, we yeah. met many times. Yes. And yeah. one thing I always remember about you, speaking of, of goddesses, you were like a sun goddess because you were always sunbathing and you would get yeah. very, very brown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being from Sweden, the- you were trying to soak in all the sun, I think. Yeah, I went to the Southern Star at least three times a week, minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think um, Harmony and I, we, we share that we have a, a more yellow tallow color to our skin. We're less pink and more yellow. And I think that's the Scandinavian because we tan well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I, mm-hmm. I re- remember um, having lunch with you one day um, somewhere where, where the ladies were cooking, like up by uh, Doctor's Corner. Is that what that was called? Doctor's yeah. Corner? Or Dentist's maybe, Corner? Maybe Jonicky's or something? Maybe Jonicky's. Maybe yeah. Jonicky's, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, but it was, uh, yeah, not Hema's, but um, there was a few of us there and it was like a, at a table, which was unusual instead of on the floor. And I just I just remember being a young student, a new student, and you know how you always try and find your way in the community. Like you try and say, oh, I'm going to be like Dina Kingsburg or I'm going to be like Richard Freeman or Nick Evans. And But I remember just watching you and thinking, she is such an outrageous gossip. <laughs> and, and I thought, and she's laughing and talking about everyone to everyone. And I thought, yeah, that's me. That's who I want to be in our community. I want to be that person going forward. I think you aspired well. I think that's I, the, exactly the character you took on. Yeah. <laughs> I I just found you so robust and infectious and where does that come from? Were you always this joyous as a child? Were you was it the yoga or were you a were you one of those shy children who had to break out of her shell? No, in one way I am quite reserved and in another way I've always been open and adventurous, you know, on a certain level and yeah, as a child I think I was quite happy, you know, and wanting to kind of have fun. And I'm a bit of a warrior as well. I mean, there has been times in my life when I've not been laughing that much. And there's been hard times, of course. Um, mm-hmm. I think in my nature, yes, I think I have easy to be, to feel joy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you have a lot of, of siblings growing up? What was the family like? I have two younger brothers. And uh, we are uh, brought up in a small city, 250 kilometers to the west of Stockholm, in the middle of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father worked, had a little kind of mechanical workshop, and my mother worked with small different jobs, and she was also at home taking care of us. And mm-hmm. I am the only one that have moved away from that place and kind of, you know, 
lived a bit of a different life than they do. My father passed away a few years back, but my my mother mm. is still alive. Oh wow! And going quite strong actually. So that's amazing. How old is yeah. your mother now? She's eighty-seven. Oh, wow! Beautiful. Yeah, she had a stroke some years back and gone through quite a lot, but she's still hanging in there. And she moved from her house in the summer, and she now lives in a flat, and she takes care of herself. And of course, now she gets help with the shopping and all that because she doesn't want to mm-hmm. go out in this situation as we are all in now. So, but otherwise, she takes care of herself. That's incredible. You, yeah, you, you know, you remind me of my my great grandmother uh, Paulson, Grandma Paulson, who was. Um, uh, full Swede, mm-hmm. and she was she divorced very young. She didn't care for her husband, who was also Swedish, George Lund, Lund, I think I'm supposed mm-hmm. to say. But we we you know we have this big huge Lund clan outside of mm-hmm. Chicago, and uh, you know she would go mountain climbing. She had lots of boyfriends. She was just very much her own spirit, and she was like that for like. 40 years after she divorced her husband, just very free mm-hmm. and adventurous. Yeah, your, right. your name, um, I think Lund means like some kind of pastoral plain. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And your name, Books, it's like a, it's like the ridge between two plains, like a little yeah, mountain. Actually, you know, my last name is like a, a, a knight name. It's a soldier name from Belgium. Oh, yeah. So it's oh, a it's warrior actually... name. <laughs> Are, were you, did your family come from Belgium? Yeah, my ancestors come from Belgium. Long time. And they back. they conquered Sweden. Yeah, they conquered Sweden. <laughs> they took it all over. <laughs> I have blue blood, actually. Oh Jesus! <laughs> You're a true warrior goddess, then. Yeah, I'm a warrior goddess. You could say that, <laughs> like Dorga. Yeah, yeah. Would you say that there's the you take after one of your parents more than other? One of them has that warrior, a spirit that a vibrant spirit. Are you more like your mom than your dad? No, I'm more like my my father. My father was kind of a how you say it, a little bit complicated personality. He was very strong, very determined, very adventurous. He went out sailing as very young before he met my mother. And he had a lot of girlfriends. And actually, there are some children that I haven't met, you know, on his side before he met my mom. And uh, he was also a periodic alcoholic. So he was um, kind of, you know, I loved him to death, but he was he was difficult. But I I have more (laughs) of his his personality than I have my mother's, I would say. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, because you like left Sweden and spent so much time in India and that's wasn't probably very popular to do at that time it sounds like when you started traveling no to... I, I remember my mother she said why can't you just go and rent a house in the in the west coast of Sweden instead what are you going to do over there in that poor dirty country you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I left. So and and uh, you know, India became like my second home, and and uh, it still is. So uh, yeah, yeah, it literally is. You have a a home there. <laughs> yeah, I have a home in Goa, and I love that home, and I love India. It's uh, really it's in my blood. Mm-hmm. My, I think I've lived there, you know, in another life. Probably because. Mm. It's definitely called you back again and again. Mm. Mm. Did, did you did you see 
can you see that in yourself as looking back at as a young child and saying, oh yes, this girl, Maria, is is clearly destined for something adventurous. Was was she like that? Yeah. When you think of yourself, yeah. Can you can you tell us how? I mean, you know, I was the one playing with with the boys, you know, up in the Mm -hmm. in in the woods and you know playing (laughs) these different games, and Mm -hmm. I I was kind of adventurous, and I want always wanted someone. You know, the girls weren't really like me, so I always took a guy on instead as a little girl, you know, and, and played. I have girlfriends, of course, as well, but um, no, I've seen it. I've always been like that. And, you know, they in school, they always had to put me in the front line because the teacher always had to have an eye on me because I was too <laughs> wild and obnoxious. Mm. Yeah, it was easy for me in school. I had no problems in school, but I, I, I always, I was the one fighting for justice all the time. And mm. uh, if there was someone in the class that I found was not treated really well, I was always the one raising my hand or not even raising the hand and telling that how it should, you know, how this person should be treated. So that wasn't always so popular amongst the teachers. Yeah. But, you, but it was, you were a leader. I was a leader, yes. Wow. Did um did the parents find you with the boys all the time? Is that <laughs> Did yes, they find I them under the bed that. in the closet? No, no, in no. In the no, basement. It wasn't like that. No, no, no. No, it wasn't like that. <laughs> but you know, I I I still have a lot of male friends, you know, that I like to hang out with guys and uh, mm-hmm. I have beautiful girlfriends as well. But when I was young, it was kind of I don't know, I thought I had more fun with the boys. You know, it's mm-hmm. little, like let's say from five, six, seven, eight, up to 10, 11, 12, then it started to change a bit. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they're more active and like running around, doing yeah. sports and stuff. Knocking things over. Yeah. 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 Breaking things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Climbing the trees and, you know, things like that. And, uh, you know, getting dirty and things, you know, girls. Uh, yeah, I I like to hang out with you guys. <laughs> it's it's interesting. It's a, it's a because our Ashtanga yoga is slightly different from the other yogas in that it's so much more uh, fire based, and that's it's a it's there's so much energy in it that for other people with the other yogas you can say, oh, when I was a child, I always found myself sitting quietly looking at the at the sky. <laughs> That, and then, yeah, that leads into, you know, Iyengar yoga or or Shivananda yoga. But with Ashtanga, like, it's, it is. It's people that like to run through walls. <laughs> and that sounds, that sounds like what you're describing, I think. Yeah, and that's also what I, what I kind of fell in love with, with the Ashtanga was the flow and the fire that I felt my own fire very mm. kind of strong. Uh, I love the Iyengar, you know, in a way as well, but that was more earthy, more like, you know, slower and more pre- precise, mm-hmm. more right and wrong for me. That's how I experienced <laughs> it. More and, binary. And when, I, mm. when I came to, you know, I studied with Mr. Iyengar and his daughter and his son for a year in, in Pune. And, wow. uh, and so I, I really, you know, I got had a beautiful time with them and I got a certification and I learned so much from you know that year but then I met um, Derek Island 
Oh, you did? Yeah, did you I go down him. to Greece? Is that where you no, met him or was it in India? I met him on the beach in Goa and I saw him ah. practicing there and he looked like a beautiful lion. And I felt, oh, He's wow. actually just the right size for you. Yes. Yeah. He, <laughs> he was there with his beautiful wife, Christina, by then. And, uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. I saw him practicing there and uh, I felt, God, I want to practice like that. So I kind of sneaked away in the morning. He had a little yoga place there in in um, in Baga. It was in, in mm-hmm. North Goa, and uh, I practiced with him in the mornings. And I had my younger friends there with me, and it it wasn't that popular that I sneaked away. So it was kind of my secret <laughs> going there mm. in the morning and practicing with Derek. And that it was him uh, as as well that that got me going to Patabi Joyce. That's amazing. I I think I really um, treasure the time that I spent with Christina Ireland in mm-hmm. Brighton in England. And mm-hmm. um, your two are very similar, actually. You're both like giant, voluptuous sex goddesses. And <laughs> and it's really, it's like phenomenal. Like, I'm a small person. You know, I don't belong with that kind of woman, you know? You mean but, giant? Um, you know what? You mean giant? <laughs> yeah, like a Valkyrie. Yeah. <laughs> You're like a giant Valkyrie, and like I don't, I'm too small for that. And I, you know, but you, but still, like being in the room in the Mysore room with a woman like that is is kind of intense, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Derek suits her. Yeah. And uh, I think you should have stolen him. Actually, she, he's better no, I, for I you. I was in love with someone else then, so. Oh, you were. It all worked yeah. out. I think, um. he, I think he liked younger women as well. So. <laughs> Yeah. It's true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. I, let's, let's, I want to dig a little bit deeper into into your childhood, just a bit, if you forgive me. Um, so we you're uh, digging into ch- childhoods. Yeah, it's true. It's a yeah. because it comes down to like why we make these choices, and so you're a, a, a wild. Um, you're good in school. Um, you're a leader, and you're probably you probably had a an idea of what you would what you were going to do as a as an adult um, were you pursuing some something else before this yoga thing uh, i knew that i was going to move to the capital to stockholm very early i knew mm-hmm. that i wasn't going to stay in that small town and i knew that i didn't want to have a, a a life in a flat you know doing the same things every day having that kind of routines this i, mm-hmm. I knew Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also thinking then that I I didn't want to have children. I remember that as a very young young child, thinking mm-hmm. that I didn't want to have children because I wanted always to be free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and that's yeah. something. But you are a grandmother now, and you did have. I'm children. a grandmother now. I never have my own children though, and that's yeah. That's another quest, you know. That. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So okay. I never had my own children, and that that you know, of course. There was a time in my life when I really wanted to have that, but it never happened. But now okay. I'm a grandmother, so and I have my brother's children, and they are very close to me. So, okay, incredible. So, so you did move to Stockholm. Were you studying in school, or were you pursuing a uh, something else? No, I first I moved to another town very close to to Stockholm, and I I worked in a mental hospital mm-hmm. as a 17 year old girl, and that was kind of a uh, yeah, it was very tough. I remember because I worked in in, in, a, in a, with people that were there for drug addictions, and mm-hmm. uh, they were like physically 
ill, not only mentally. So, it, and I worked with them as a 17 year old girl. So, you know, looking back, it was, it was a bit too much for me, I think. So mm-hmm. I stayed there for a year and then I moved to Stockholm and I also traveled. I went to, to the States and I worked as an, as an au pair girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In, in uh, San Francisco and in wow. uh, New York for a few months. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. So you had the travel bug already. Yeah. Very you were early bitten time. by it very early. <laughs> what, very early um, yeah. what year were you in, in uh, San Francisco? Uh, 79, 80. Oh, it was wild. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah, just, I think the city <laughs> was kind of losing its, um, its fascination with hippies and kind of becoming totally broke. And broken mm. as a as a city, like falling apart. And you know, me coming from a small town in Sweden, you know, I was kind of so uh, surprised and taken that I thought, you know, wow, all these men here—they're holding each other's hands—and I, I, I just couldn't get it. There was, you know, because the gay scene was like huge there, mm-hmm. and I've right. never, I've never seen that before. So I was like walking around with big eyes, and you know, just wondering. Yeah. Wow, all these guys are holding each other's hands and it was yeah, it was it was fun. <laughs> it was a new world. It was a new there's world. There's this there's this British expression that that's fantastic, uh the pink pound, they call it. Yes. You know, when when two men without children have good jobs, mm-hmm. they have just enormous wealth. <laughs> and and they you know, as the city was collapsing in the late seventies, early eighties the the pink pound in San Francisco, they started buying all of these decrepit homes and they just they remade the city because mm-hmm. of that that wealth. It's and it's really it's it's incredible how it looks now. And you can really like they would buy homes for like fifty thousand and now those homes are two, three million dollars. Yeah, it's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. So then you went to New York in 1980 and you were an au pair there. Also a very kind of just like total chaos in that yeah. city at that time. Yeah, I actually went there first. I, I came to Long Island, but it didn't turn out so well. The family wasn't really the best. So that's why I I, I came to, to San Francisco. Oh, they weren't you. That was first. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was first. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to find out how and when you said I, I wanted to start doing yoga and then were you in a career and you felt like nope. a need to do yoga? What happened? No, actually I always been like a praying girl. I always prayed to God every night I went to sleep. I prayed wow. for, you know, to be safe to my mother and father, not to yell at me and, you know, my mother and father to not to be angry at each other and things like that. And I, I prayed <laughs> to God and I went to Sunday school. So I had kind of that longing. I had a longing that I wanted life to be something more than I didn't really have words for. So mm-hmm. when I got back from the States and I, I moved to Stockholm and uh, then I decided I wanted to study. So I studied at the university in the middle of Sweden in a town called Karlstad for three years and I became a school teacher. Wow. And there I started on a course, some kind of meditation course. I was like 24 that time. And and there I met, you know, the idea of what yoga could be. And I studied different religions and I was very fascinated by the Buddhism. 
So mm-hmm. that became kind of my, my main subject. And then also there, the first time I went to, to Asia, to, to Thailand, 1984, I think it was. And wow. uh, there I met monks and nuns and, and I, 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 um, I kind of wanted to have more of that. So that was like a meeting for me with, with another way of looking at life. And I decided when I got back from Asia, it was only like two months travel or something, and that I was going to come back and stay a longer time, which I did. 87, I, I left for Asia again, and then I stayed a year. Uh, but then I went through, you know, China and Burma, and I ended up in India. And there I met nuns and monks and I started to study meditation first of all mm-hmm. and even well, before I was in Stockholm I studied with Buddhist monks so but I always went for meditation in the beginning well I'm, su- I'm surprised by that why wouldn't you pursue the church more the Lutheran church I imagine uh, are- no, I had enough of guilt already <laughs> <laughs> was, I had enough. was your f- was your family Lutheran? My 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 Swedish forebears are all Lutheran. No, no, they they were not at all. Uh, n- no, nothing. But I had so much guilt all the time in me, and I just because I went to Sunday school in church, and I found it, you know, full of guilt and full of rules. Mm. Don't do this. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. And if you do this, you're going to end up in hell, and you know, you're yeah. punished, and this and that. And I lived with punishment in another, you know, a home in different ways. So I wanted mm-hmm. to find something that was more loving, forgiving, uh, more kind. I wanted to find things that were more kind. Mm-hmm. And so the meditation class that was that, you, you, how did you hear about the idea that, oh, maybe you should try a meditation? Like, how does that even happen? Because when I moved to Stockholm, even before I went to university, I I I, I was looking for different courses to 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 kind of work on myself because I, you know, I wasn't I was joyous, but I also had like an inner chaos within myself, not really knowing what I wanted, who I am, what I, you know, uh, and and the problems in different ways. So there was this course um, um, announced was an announcement that I I saw. Uh, in a shop that um, you know do this course and, and find yourself and calm your mind free yourself mm. and that was some kind of Shivananda meditation course everyone had orange clothes and with mm. this Danish guy he was very good as a teacher but for me that was a disaster because uh, I ended up even more chaotic within myself uh, mm. because sitting still and just trying to watch my thoughts just became too much. Uh, I, I just couldn't do it. I needed to move. So I started mm-hmm. with walking meditation, but that was also too slow and too kind of gentle. I kind of needed to work my body in that. Then I didn't <laughs> know about asanas. And then I met this South American man in Stockholm that worked with the, with the body. He was like a Tibetan Indian teacher from Peru. Mm-hmm. His name wow. was, was Carlos Santiago. He was uh, he was very very special, and I'm always grateful to have met him. Uh, and he taught asana practice. So for the first time in my life, I kind of felt a presence within myself and in my body, and I started to like my body because I didn't like my myself at all that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. Yeah, so I ended what? up. 
kind of, you know, starting to get to know myself and my physical part and, and starting to accept myself. And, uh, that, that was huge for me. What, what kind of asana was he teaching? He was teaching mainly back, backbending to awaken the, the Kundalini power, which mm-hmm. I wasn't really aware of that time. I know he, he, he said all these names, but I wasn't really aware of what it actually meant but I worked my ass off in his classes because I <laughs> so you know I did everything and I'm you know I had a very supple spine so I could do all these oh. you know things and uh, mm-hmm. he worked so we did like ceremonies and stuff so one at the time go, went into the circle and did all these kind of circus things with the body and got applauds and uh, I was one of the ones that he kind of picked out and I, you know, I became like a star in that circle mm-hmm. and, um, and, um, strong meditations and very, very heavy, like pranayama sessions with long kumbhaka, you know, standing on the wow. head for like 45 minutes, things like this. It was super intense. Wow. And in the end, uh, I, I damaged my lower back very badly. Uh, in his class uh, because I didn't listen to my own signals that was pain arising uh, from within I, I I more wanted to be like the good student that was loved and liked yeah, so, hmm. yeah. you did too much it's it's difficult when you have that mobility or that you know flexibility in the spine um, and you're especially also when you're young hmm. um, you can kind of it's easier to injure yourself than if you're you have some stiffness there to Less protect stiffness. you. Yes. Less stiffness, yeah. 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 So then then after that I started to travel to to India uh, back and forth but, and that that's also when I came to to Mr. Ayengar and uh, there I when I came there I worked very like how do you say in English therapeutic yeah, work, therapeutic uh, practice. Yeah, because I had two, two, uh, um, how do you say, discs that were kind of like herniated discs. Yeah, herniated discs. Yeah, mm-hmm. in my lower back. So, how did you find Mr. Iyengar? Did you just like stumble upon his center, or did, was there a teacher that directed no, you there? It was also actually in 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 Goa, India. Uh, uh, during my first time there that I met a Swiss wo- woman from Bern, um, Judia Dank, and she was very close to Mr. Iyengar. And we met because I did a yoga retreat with an English uh, teacher named Clive Sheridan. And there mm. I met... Um, Clive, I met, yeah. Yeah, Clive. So I met Judy there and she saw me and she saw me how I was struggling with my lower back and all that. And she said, uh, I'll, I'll contact Mr. Yengar and see if I can, uh, you know, make you a place there with him. And which she did. So, uh, I got wow. two, two months possibility to go and practice with him for two or his daughter. He was there, you know, but he wasn't really active teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had two months. I was going to go there for two months and I ended up to stay almost a year because someone stole all my money. So I couldn't go to <laughs> Australia that I was planned to. <laughs> Oh my mm. god. So, yeah. It's cheaper so, to just stay put. Yeah. Yes, I stayed put in a flat and I shared flat with Mira Meta, I remember. And she, you know, she wrote that book, uh, a younger yoga book, and she was very close to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's her. You that was your roommate. That was my roommate. Oh and, my uh, goodness. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
so that time I wasn't so wild, Russell. I was very kind of going to bed very early and going up early <laughs> and practicing and trying to heal my, my lower back. And um, when I left of, after a year, I, he said to me that I think you should go home and start to teach, Mr. Yengar oh. said to me. Yeah. I spent every afternoon with him in the library studying and reading and, and went to every class that I could. So he gave me a certificate before going wow. home. So that's how I started to teach. That's incredible. Mm. That's amazing. I, mm. I, I want to ask you, um, it's, I was doing a little bit of, of research about, about Stockholm at this time. It, it seems like in the, the 80s there, it was a very kind of um, leftist, very radical nation. Um, Prime Minister Olaf Palm was mm-hmm. was very left wing. You know, he was protesting America and its colonialism. He was protesting against apartheid. It seems very progressive, and it seems like teaching yoga there in Stockholm would have been received very well because people are so interested in in new ideas. Yeah, I started to teach nineteen ninety five, ninety six. Oh, after time. that, yeah. So it was okay. after that. So, so, uh, uh, but it, it, it has been some kind of, you know, like hippie teachers before. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, but when I started to teach, it was more like, uh, you know, Iyengar is very strict and very, you know, so that was easy for the Swedish people to, to take on, to bring on in, in a way because it wasn't associated too much with the flower power and, which which was for some people and for some people they they didn't like that at all in Sweden. Mm-hmm. I I think um I think that when Paul, when Olaf Palm was assassinated that was quite a that was quite a big deal for Sweden yeah. like a really kind of huge event. Do you, you remember when that happened where you were? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I remember waking up in the morning and putting the radio on, I stayed with my boyfriend at that time. We stayed in my hometown together. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, and I, I just, you know, I was wondering why it was such a weird music on, on the oh. radio. And then the news came and I thought, God, that's, that's, a, that's a strange, bad joke, I said to my boyfriend. Uh, I, you know, you just couldn't take it in. And... Uh, it was huge. And then when I, you know, when we understood that, that this is really happening, this has happened. Because uh, I uh, found out had, in the morning he, after. Yeah. He had been shot in the street with his wife. Yeah. And I remember yeah. we went up here in, in to, to Stockholm with a car and, and put flowers on where he got shot. And um, yeah, it was a huge thing. And I think something changed that night you know in 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 the swedish people mentality because the naivety and the innocence you know is forever lost i think after that i i i'm sorry if i'm breaking up the flow of our conversation but i wanted to bring it up because it seemed like like when kennedy was assassinated in the united states it seemed like a very kind of similar event that changed mm. the personality of the people the loss of innocence you know, cynicism, and I just thought perhaps that would have impacted your own personal choices about pursuing yoga and pursuing a spiritual life. Yeah, yeah, maybe it embraced my my longing and my decision to kind of move out from a 
traditional way of, of living. Uh, I, I could say that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It embraced, you know, and gave me the courage to continue uh, and pursue the life that I was living and also to break even more free that I wanted to do. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. So you were teaching uh, Iyengar yoga back yeah. in your home yeah. Uh, yeah. city in Stockholm and in that yeah. place, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you decided to travel back to India, I'm assuming. How did you get back there? Yeah, no, I just, you know, I stayed for a few months and I, I practiced and I worked in school as a substitute teacher. And in the fall of 96, uh, because I had then as well, bef- I had met Derek Island somewhere there before. And, and uh, mm-hmm. I had this in my mind that I wanted to go and see Patab Joyce. And then ah. I met uh, John Scott. And Shando remated the summer of, of 96. Oh, wow. In Stockholm? In, in London. In London. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I went to London to study with him for a month. And then mm-hmm. Shando remated was there as well. And, uh, and John said to me, you, you have to go to my teacher. And, and um, so I left in October, November 96. And I came to, to, to Mysore. I went to Mysore for, I think, three months the first time. What was the first day like? Uh, I met Guruji in the hall, you know, where where we went in, in, the, in Lakshmi Puram. And he <laughs> kind of, you know, he gave me a hug, like, you know, he gave me a hug. And I just, I, for me, really? it, felt like, it felt like, you know, I came to like to a grandfather. Mm-hmm. He had that kind of grandfather energy for me. And yeah. I felt very seen. We were only five students by that time because he'd just come home from Australia or somewhere he's been with, because Amma was alive then. So we were mm-hmm. only a few people that were, were there because I kept, he wasn't there when I first, so we were waiting for a week or so before he started to teach. Annie Grover, Annie Pace was there, I remember, and she helped oh, me with Annie the Pace, order. Yeah. We, we stayed at this... Um, hotel where everyone stayed and she helped me with the order of the sequence so I could do that when when I first started to practice with Guruji so we were five people in the beginning so we were all doing you know finishing postures everything in in the same room with him oh amazing yeah yeah so you I felt very seen and very cared for uh, mm-hmm. in a very beautiful way yeah. that's I'm so surprised that he hugged you yeah yeah, I, I, I mean, I know that after backbends, you, you know, the you will get a hug. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's, it's an interesting greeting. Yeah. Well, he did that, um, and we had a special connection. Uh, you know, I may, maybe many people felt that, but it, it was something very kind of fatherly, grandfatherly for me with, with mm-hmm. him, and um, yeah. I always felt that way too. It was just yeah. very, I don't know, a very grandfatherly type feeling. Yeah, I felt mm-hmm. safe with him. You know, mm-hmm. I, I really did. Yeah. Yeah, I have to agree that I, I, I thought he was such a mis- a mischievous and loving man, and I had nothing but affection for him. Mm. And I, it surprises. It surprised me 
that people had a very different reaction. They felt that, uh, you know, he was um, uh, an abusive man. And yeah. I wonder if you if that surprised you. It surprised me very much, actually. Uh, I mean, I heard some stories when he was young and he went to Hawaii with Manju that something happened, but I just thought mm-hmm. it was kind of a gossipy thing. So I I never paid the attention about that. And mm-hmm. you remember, Harmony, I mean, we were hanging around with people that adored him. And uh, yeah. was never any, I, I wasn't moving around with people that talked anything about him in that way. So I was very surprised when that came up. And... Um, yeah, and also very sad, I have to say, that yeah. sad and surprised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I almost, um, I, because I felt like, you know, I've heard, we have a, a close friend who had said that he hadn't seen anything. And I I felt like, yeah, I saw Batabi Joyce kiss every girl who wanted yeah. to kiss him. And I saw yeah. him pat their bum after backbends and give them big hugs. And and I had seen a Mula Banda adjustment once. Um, but I don't, I don't, I know that at the time, our culture for that particular period, we were quite permissive and everything was, was, was okay. Even though, you know, Karen Rain had a, had a very different experience and felt that it was not okay. And I, mm-hmm. and I respect that. Mm. Um, but I feel like our culture has shifted, and yeah. I think maybe with social media, it is very difficult to um, justify anything or rationalize there, anything. Yeah, there's no point actually doing that because everyone also needs to have the right to their own, um, you know, whatever they've been going through with him. No one can say anything about that, but you know, I, mm-hmm. I never saw it. Uh, I really didn't oh. see it. I didn't see. And for me, the kissing and the hugging, it was never any sexual. I, I never felt that. It yeah. wasn't in the vibration for me with him. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't in my mind. Uh, maybe it was for him. I have no idea. But I never felt it. And yeah. um, And I never went there in my head either. Because if I would have... Because I have met teacher that I decided to, I don't want to go back because I didn't feel safe. But mm-hmm. I never felt that with him. Even though he mm-hmm. kissed, you know, and he hugged. And uh, I never got a Mula Banda adjustment. But, you know, he used to say when I when I came back, you know, being away for, for a few months and coming back. And he looked and he kind of scanned the body and he said, oh, very good, Maria, you still have a body. You, know, <laughs> you like, still have a body. You still have a body. Very good, Maria. You know, very good. Oh. Very good. Because you know, I never got really like super thin or skinny, or I had my, you know, my shape. Oh, that's what that. he meant. You that's still have meant. a body. I still yeah, because you're very uh, curvy and yeah. like womanly, right? Yeah. So yeah, and you still that. have and, a body. You know, he, he loved that. Nice. <laughs> he liked that. And, yeah. You know, I could kind of. But you. That wasn't an issue. At all, but yeah. if you if you write that down in a post, it's <laughs> you take it out of context. Guruji is yeah. saying the women look very nice with the curvy bodies. Yeah, and I think I agree with you, Russell. I think it's a cultural thing. It has also mm. changed, you know, a lot. Uh, and and about you know, 
you know, when I grew up and we were going out, uh, you know, in bars and this, you got a hand on your bum and this and that, and people were whistling or this and that and saying things. And, you know, either you said, you know, fuck off or you, you smiled back or whatever. It wasn't, <laughs> yeah. a thing. it wasn't a thing. It's not that I justify it or I don't want it to happen again. You know, it's not that, but it wasn't yeah. really a thing Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. when I grew up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just normal. It was normal. It was yeah. normal, you know. Um, you know, I'm not saying it, it was right, so don't misunderstand me. But it, it was, you know, the way I that I'm in my generation. Yeah. 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 And that's a, that's a real thing. Yeah, that was a real thing. But, you yeah. know, with Guruji, I honestly, I didn't, I didn't feel it. I didn't see it. Yeah. Can you describe what it was like to actually um, be taught? How did you feel the first day when you see him watching probably you, probably he's watching you and then observing and then adjusting you? What was that experience that first time? Because I remember exactly the first time he adjusted me. I remember every every detail of where I was, what I was wearing, what what he did, what the sound he made. Yeah. No, I, I remember, I remember, you know, from the, from the beginning to the end, you know, not all the adjustments, but yes, I remember. Mm. I remember the first time I, I practiced with him, he watched me and he let me do the full primary. Oh, and he oh wow. adjusted me in, um, in Karnapidasana. Oh. That was the mm-hmm. first adjustment. Mm-hmm. Uh, he let me go through, you know, because I had practiced. Iyengar and I, I, I practiced on my room, the Ashtanga primary series, and so I knew it. So he let me go through, and of course I asked him like the third day if I could start intermediate. <laughs> <laughs> That's always more. I didn't know the Whatever rules. you get, can I please have some more? <laughs> no, no, next time maybe. Next time. Next not time. Yeah, <laughs> next time. Yeah, not correct, not correct. You know, you practice. And I remember yeah. doing dropbacks um, with him, because I, you know, I, I, I was so... I was bendy, but, you know, I've had these injuries and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was terrified in, in dropping backs. And, and he was standing there. And every time uh, I called on my mother, like, Mama, every time I was dropping back and coming up with him. And, and uh, I said, why are you calling Mama? Mama, not here. I'm here. <laughs> you said it out loud. Yeah, oh, my loud. God. There in the stairs in Lakshmipur, I'm hearing me calling my mother because uh, I was terrified. I thought I was going to die dropping back. Yeah. And mm. then, you know, when he, he put you forward in Pashimutanasana, I always cried. And he said, Why are you crying? Why are you crying? And I, I never knew why I was crying. I just cried. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's very strong uh, memories from him yeah. in the beginning. And he was always you- very caring, you know, because I had problem with. Uh, digestive system and he got me some leaves I was going to eat to help my stomach and uh, mm. yeah yeah special you yeah. you said earlier that um you wanted to get away from um the, the your uh childhood religion or maybe you said there was no religion and find something that was less um guilt-ridden yeah. did um did you was your was your family home was there a lot of of guilt? Was there a lot of shame? Was there was there things that were happening like that for you that you had to get away from? Yeah, my father was, you know, he was an alcoholic. Uh, 
in periods and he became quite violent as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I got a, a bit out of that and very strict rules. And if I wasn't obedient, you know, I had to stay in be home seven o'clock uh, for three months and things like that. So it was a lot mm-hmm. of punishment and, and rules that I just kind of wanting to break free from. Um, mm. And you know, growing up with a a um, you know, I was codependent as as well with, with um, my father's drinking. My mother never really drank, or but she was kind of very um, codependent with my father in that, of course, mm-hmm. trying to break yeah. free, but at the same time, you know, wanting to take care of him because she loved him, of course. Mm-hmm. So and then you know he was also a very you know very smart and very successful man in at his work and all that. So he had two sides. So yeah. there was a little bit of quite a, you know growing up in a small town. You know it wasn't really that I was super proud of my father's drinking really and and mm-hmm. all the violence that was going on in my home. I'm sure much of it was kept secret as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Don't you feel like that shows up in in the body? Like when you come to Mysore, you're bringing that story with you in the way that your body holds itself together. Yes, of course. And also for me, I wanted so much to be seen and loved. Mm-hmm. You know, that was really so. I felt that he saw me, and uh, and and that was really a huge thing for me. And with the other teacher I told you about, the South American man, I mean, I either, you know, I, I stepped over my own uh, signals that my body wasn't doing really well just to please him. Right. And, and, and that's not, uh, that's not, uh, not how you say, it's not his responsibility, that's me. So, uh, you know, and I didn't see that that time. So it was really, how you say, yeah, it was my responsibility and my patterns of being loved and just doing anything just to, to get love. So right. with Burgi, I was really, uh, you know, practicing also to get his attention quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. But you were a little bit more mature by then. So it sounds like you also had um, some awareness around your limitations. Yeah. I Did you feel like you were able to communicate those, like when you were in the room be- being adjusted, or were you just fully surrendered to what was happening? Now, I was surrendering to him because I trusted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in and when he adjusted me, and he he never kind of went over the line with me. I never felt any pain in his adjustments, and uh, mm-hmm. he was holding me back quite a lot, to be honest. Oh. I mean, I. I got stuck in in um, Karandavasana for years. <laughs> well, yeah. sure, yeah. And then, you know, I was practicing and practicing, and I year after year, month after month, and coming there and, and first, you know, being kind of expecting to get a new posture and not getting what I wanted. And, and, and also I remember people saying, but Maria, you've been so many times and you haven't got a new posture. And I was kind of ashamed that I didn't get, didn't get a new posture. So I was in denial or denied. Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm fine where I am and, you know, that. But, you know, I really wanted to have a new posture. 
But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but, but, and, and then I looked around and I thought other people, they got new postures and they couldn't do the, the postures as good as I did yeah. going on in my mind. So I started to get like jealousy. I yeah. started to compare and I wanted to go to another teacher and I, you know, year, it, it went on like this. And for seven years, it went on. And then Seven day, years you went to Mysore and didn't get a posture. Seven years, Harmony. Seven wow. years. Can I and ask, then, did the other women who couldn't do Karnavasana, were they shapely women who still looked like women? Yeah. Oh, that's unfair then. It was really unfair. <laughs> it wasn't the only, there was not only the thin and skinny ones, you know, it was more the curvy ones. No, it has nothing to do with that. I think, you know, and I think because what happened was after some time, I could see that was what was going on in me. And I got in touch with jealousy and I mm-hmm. rivalry and, you know, comparing with other people, not being content, wanting to, you know, escape to another teacher, you know, not really accepting where I was because I was where I was and you know mm-hmm. and then when I kind of let go of all that and after seven years I came back and he gave me the next posture and I, was, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't doing Karandabhasana any better but I, <laughs> no. no I wasn't I still can't so it, it was yeah. never about that I think yeah. he kind of and I'm forever grateful that I saw all these things within me coming up to the surface. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's a blessing. Yeah. I always kind of felt like that too, that there was a lot of deeper teaching going on that wasn't verbal and it wasn't about the asana. It was really about that time and that space and, mm. and your mental patterns and habits and and all of these things like you're saying you know anger and jealousy and impatience and ego and pride and even sadness or self-pity or like all these different emotions that would come up Mm. that you had to confront and and recognize in yourself yes yeah and that was our own journey I, i thought because he wasn't there to go into that you know, he wasn't a therapist. And, you know, that was my own personal inner journey. Uh, mm-hmm. And it became like a healing journey, I, I found mm-hmm. it. Yeah. I yeah. felt yeah. that the, the, the situation, or maybe I should ask the question, it, it seems like he's setting up a situation for us to learn in a framework with our own emotional bodies. But he is just there kind of opening the, um, opening the gate for us to walk in and yeah. do that work. Yeah. yeah. That's that's like that's the Mysore room. Yeah. But I wonder if if some people are too intentional in playing and playing these um these learning games with the students and maybe uh, people should just let it happen intuitively. How I don't you know mean? if I'm I, maybe I should ask this question. Was Guruji playing games um or was he uh, letting the games happen. No, he let it happen. He he didn't play. Yeah, he didn't. I I I don't. I didn't find him playing. No. Because I think some teachers maybe do like push the game and like push and push people's buttons purposely to see if they will respond um, and see themselves in in a mirror somehow. 
Oh, you mean like that? Yeah. You mean intentionally, kind of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, with that thing, you know, for me, just to go back to that example, I, you know, he probably saw that I was looking around and he probably saw the face, how I looked at my face. You know, I'm like <laughs> yeah. an open book many times. So, you know, he probably saw and felt my... Uh, negativity so and also my greed and my ego just wanting to have more and he Mm -hmm. was a bit you know with that he didn't like that he held Mm. people back many Mm -hmm. times if it was too much of of the ego coming in yeah and uh, I think you've got to be quite a intuitive uh, teacher to play around with those things because you never know also with people I mean as a teacher of course we can see things in our students, but how do we really know? But you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. yeah. So much one. of teaching Mysore is kind of just allowing the process to unfold for someone. Yeah. And just holding a space for them to see these things if they, if they choose to. But I also want absolute obedience. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you see someone struggling with postures, um, at least not me, I don't give them more postures. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I just, No, I, you know, I don't give more postures if people are struggling with what they have. I can give them, since I'm a grandmother now, I can give them like a, a Badakonasana a bit earlier, maybe just to kind of, you know, open the hips and work with that if you work with primary series. But mm-hmm. but why add on more mountains to climb if you're already <laughs> kind of, you know, going uphill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It doesn't get easier. <laughs> it doesn't get easier. It doesn't get easier at all. No. No. And so after how many trips of practicing with Patabi Joyce and going to Mysore, did you go to Sweden and, and open up your school there? I opened up my school in 1999. So I went there like three times. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then and I, it, I, I got his blessing to, to open mm-hmm. the studio and to start to teach. And I got a paper 2002, I think, the authorization. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he... Um, yeah, that's when that's when they started giving out the authorizations. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Kimberly no, Flynn, I think Kiki made those up. Said, Gurji, you should give out authorizations. The papers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Before it was just a blessing. Yeah, before it was, it was before two thousand two, yeah. just a blessing. Yeah, yeah. And you, it was the first uh, like dedicated Ashtanga Yoga school in Stockholm. Is that true? It was. It, there was. You know, uh, there was a couple of people teaching uh, Ashtanga Yoga here before I started to teach Ashtanga Yoga. But there was the first kind of Ashtanga Yoga Shala that opened up. That was pure. Mm -hmm. There was nothing else going on there. Right. Uh, Yeah. In the beginning. No other types of classes, only the Ashtanga. No, in the beginning, it was only Ashtanga Yoga. Maestro in the morning, there were like two people coming there. You know, it was almost no one. And led classes (laughs) and courses in, in the afternoons. And then I started to add some Hatha yoga, you know, some just to kind of fill out the time. And, yeah, you know, the years went by and, and, and there was different styles. But it was mainly an Ashtanga Yoga Shala. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, was it the first Mysore program? Yeah, it was the first Mysore program. And so that's really challenging to start a Mysore program in, yeah. a, in a city where nobody knows what Mysore is. Yeah, I mean, they in the beginning, people just couldn't really understand why they should 
buy a card or pay to come and do their own thing, you right. know, and they wanted to go to a class and get, you know, get teaching and guidance, like lead class. Mm-hmm. But there were a couple uh, that they were coming. And in the beginning, uh, what's her name? Um, um, Shelly, you know, Shelly. Oh, sh- yeah, David. Uh, Shelly Washington. Shelly Washington was here mm-hmm. and she was working at the Royal Opera here with something, uh, setting up a dance thing. And mm-hmm. she, you know, had known David since before and she wanted to do, to start to do yoga because she'd done some yoga in Australia where she was working before coming here. So she contacted David and I met David in my store. So David recommended Shelly to come to me. They weren't together mm-hmm. then. And right. he sent her a book, his book to her mm-hmm. and she started to come with me in the morning. She was kind of the first student that came regularly. And Shelly? Uh, Shelly. And oh, that's then, fantastic. That's how, David, that's how David and Shelly connected again and now they're married. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You are a goddess of love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of matchmaking. <laughs> yeah. And then I went actually to see them in Costa Rica a couple of years mm-hmm. after that when they were together. Oh, and, and yeah. yeah I, I did a retreat with David in Costa Rica and Shelly was there. Yeah. That was like their first retreat together, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. Where yeah. it all began. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when I was in, in junior high, um, I was having a hard time in, in school. I was getting um, brutalized by the other students. And so I was, I was put into a parochial school, uh, a little Lutheran school across the Wabash in Indiana. And it was um, very strict Lutheran teachers. But it was interesting to me, in, in just thinking about um, the Meister room, is that the this schoolhouse was the old style where it's just one teacher and there are many different kids of the sa- of different ages in the same room and everyone is is working at their own their own pace and the teacher walks around the the, the desks and stations and teaches a little bit and then you left to do the work, the memorization, the rote learning, and then moves on to the next desk. And so to me, the, the Meister room was, was very understandable. It was like, oh, yeah, this is like old style, old schoolhouse teaching. Mm. Little House on the Prairie, uh, like Laura Ingalls Wilder, mm. like those yeah. books. Did you have that kind of learning growing up in, in Sweden? Did you have a small classroom like that? No, we were about no, we were about twenty, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. So one, and, yeah. and like old style teaching, you know, the teacher in the front telling us what to do and listening to her or him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just wondered to, to bring it up because it, it seemed like that's when I was at Stanford, I'd get all of these people coming in and they have no idea what this is about, uh. and I would use that as a as an exa- as a metaphor, like this is mm-hmm. old schoolhouse style teaching where where the teacher walks around station to station and the, and the teacher can't teach the 18 year olds or the 17 year olds the same way that she teaches the six-year-olds no so it's it's very different training and there's mm-hmm. so much more emphasis on memorization yeah because you you need to you need something to keep you busy while the teacher is working with the other age groups right yeah no, we didn't have. I didn't have that uh, as a child. No. Mm. Okay. We might cut this whole piece out then. 
I wanted I wanted to ask you I I'm at at a certain point you were in Mysore and I think like a lot of people um I know like Harmony you went to go study with OP Tawariji and it's so interesting to me because I had thought when that this was forbidden like no one is a, is allowed to do that and then Harmony was going up and studying I think pranayama Maria went after Guruji passed away is yeah. that true Maria I went Oh after, I went after he passed away Oh I, I see yeah that's I'm not like That's allowed yeah I'm not like Harmony I was very busy No she's not a good student Um when so why did you think to go there Why Yeah Uh I've always been, you know, doing pranayama practices and uh, I heard about him and uh, I talked to you, Harmony, I remember about mm -hmm. him and, and I, oh. I met with other people that I knew that went there and uh, and I, no, I thought I wanted to go and see him. So I, I went to see him in Kavalyadam mm -hmm. uh, a couple of years after Guruji left his body and since then i been going back and I study regularly with him and I went to Thailand once and uh, mm -hmm. yeah and uh, I find him very very kind of soft kind knowledgeable very wise and very very humble mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, I learn a lot from him so I love to go and, and practice with him and learn from him I, I wonder yeah. if you found the same sort of benevolent paternal figure in him that you that you had in Patabi Joyce or Mr. Santiago? Yeah. Carlos, maybe he was a completely different type, but maybe there was mm. my projections or something. But I don't know. Yeah, I, I like to have a teacher. I like to have uh, someone to learn from because I love to be a student. And um, mm -hmm. I am practicing by myself mainly. You know, my, my I still hang in there with my, my postures. Karandavasana is as ever bad but i'm still <laughs> but i don't really have you know i practice by myself or with some friends sometimes so i do mm -hmm. like to go and learn from someone i like yeah. that feeling of being a student and maybe yeah, I'm still looking for a, a father or something i don't know i, I love being a student too it's so nice just learning new things yeah. and being on the receiving end and being mm. able to absorb someone else's energy and knowledge and experience it's it's i don't know there's so, i think some of us are just lifelong students we just love it <laughs> yeah I think so. and i like this idea you know of the parampara of you know being a student in a tradition and learning from someone that have studied longer than i have and know more than i do mm -hmm. uh, i i like that you know a lot yeah yeah. And are you practicing the pranayama then? Is that sort of the main focus of your yoga practice these days? Or is no. it still a balance between the two? It's still balanced. It's very mm -hmm. balanced. Uh, I give equal importance. I just can't live without my asanas, I think. I've tried for a while just because I thought I'm getting old and I should kind of, you know, uh, pull back a bit. But no, no, I need to practice. I need to practice. I, I modify a bit. I'm not that intense and uh, um, looking for kind of crossing borders in my physical body like before, but I'm still mm -hmm. practicing, yes. I practice four or five times a week, and I the same with my pranayama. So I start the mornings with pranayama, 
early mm-hmm. morning usually, and then I continue with the asanas. Nice. Yeah. And at your practice, you said you're not like pushing into it or crossing borders so much. Have Have you decided to leave some postures out or do you still kind of follow the sequence and do the best you can with each of the asanas? Yeah, I'm very obedient, Harmony. I follow the <laughs> I... I, I kind of I try a little bit, but there are some post- postures that I just I got very bad knees. So there mm. are some postures oh. that I just maybe mark, but I can't right. just skip them. Right. I can't, I can't skip them, but I I do and I modify. So yes, I I, I follow the order. <laughs> why Why do you have bad knees? Bad knees. I think yeah, because I, I I pushed myself. Um, oh. I push myself in different postures. So the meniscus has been torn in both oh. my knees. I've been having surgery three times, actually, in my knees. So. Wow. Yeah. Three times. Three times. Yikes. Two times in the right one and one in the left. Yeah. Do you, do, you have, do you have chairs when you sit at home or do you, do you sit on the ground? What, in my normal life or when I practice? <laughs> in my normal life. I feel like it makes a big difference in the practice if you don't sit in chairs. No, I, I sit a lot on the floor, actually. Uh, you do. But yeah. I, also, I watch Netflix and I lay in my sofa. <laughs> <laughs> nice and relaxed style. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just, I'm surprised because you practiced for so long. I'm, I'm surprised to see the knee injuries. And I would think that you'd be sitting on the ground a lot. But if that's the thing. The injuries come when we push ourselves so hard. Yeah. I think you know, sometimes I, they come with age too. <laughs> they also come with age. You know, that, that's, that's, uh, that, that's also been practicing so much, you know, for so many hours every day and, of course, the body will react one way or another, even though yoga is supposed to be healing. But the way I've been practicing, I, to be honest, I mean, I pushed myself a, a lot to, mm-hmm. to be able to do the postures. And, and um, yeah, that's just what I did. And um, no excuses. I just can't blame the yoga. I can't. It's just part of my my life I think you know that's and I have learned a lot about myself and my body with overdoing things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. nowadays I usually don't push myself as as soon as I feel there is pain arising I more move backwards I feel more lazy these days than I feel (laughs) in but it's better Yeah, la- lazy and gentle can sometimes be confused. <laughs> yes, you know, if you're used to be the one, like the warrior and practicing very intense, it is difficult to get used to myself being more gentle. Yeah, uh, right. But I like that. I, I like that, that that's developing more and more within me. And also mm-hmm. I care less what I do yeah. on the mat. I, I, am, I am happy that I'm practicing I don't put any kind of values that much, little bit only, but not much, <laughs> on you know the performance of the posture. And, yeah, you know, it yeah. becomes then it becomes like a very you know a heavy burden to 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 carry on to because the body is aging and you know I'm 61 now and uh, uh, I'm still going strong and I'm still, you know, moving around and I'm, you know, I'm going to the gym even to, to practice my knees. I stabilize uh, 
certain exercises for my knees. So mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to keep strong and healthy in 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 life. And uh, yeah, so I yeah I feel, yeah you have to um, take care as you age. You have to maybe incorporate some a different approach and also maybe some other supplementary type exercises. I think to yeah to have like a very holistic experience in your body. Yeah. Hmm. And also, I don't know, but for me, I know the, the my intention with my practice is very different today than 20 years ago. Hmm. How so? It's more, you know, I, I really practice because I feel that my, the flow of life is, um, you know, I, I feel alive when I practice like from within mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I feel that I take good care of myself practicing. Yeah. Uh, I feel it's like a healing. It's a moment uh, with myself before, you know, I go out and meet the rest of the world. Um, I feel healthy. And it, then it doesn't matter if I can do Karanda Vasana or not. You see what right. I mean? Like it's, uh, it's just that I'm, I move, I move with my breath and I connect with my breath and I connect with my inner space. In, in another way. So I, you know, it's like I'm checking myself out on a regular basis from within, mm-hmm. and not so much from the outside as before. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's less, you're, it sounds like that you're attaching less self worth to your ability to, you know, perform certain postures or have a certain kind of experience in the practice and really using the practice as a way to reflect on your own conditioning or your own mind or your own body um, and to also connect to something higher than yourself and yeah and, and that healing energy too which I think is I mean really it's interesting how the yoga the more years you spend in it I think you kind of get closer to the essence of of what the practice is for but when we yeah. start off we're very attached to the the things that glitter and look look fancy and yeah. you know attach a lot of emphasis to to the way it's looking on the outside rather than how it's changing us on the inside yes definitely mm-hmm. yeah that's beautiful yeah and it's also you know like when you practice a lot by yourself you know on your own it's mm-hmm. you and yourself only yeah <laughs> you know it becomes different Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've all had that experience this past year yeah. of yeah. having a lot of self-practice time and yeah. and having to, yeah, recognize, like, I guess, ask ourselves those deeper questions of, like, why? Why are we doing this? Yeah, why are you doing this? And yeah. what yeah. are the benefits? And mm. do I need to push myself this hard? And <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have to agree with you, Maria. I think when I was when I was younger... I was not aware of how I came off as a student to either Sharat or Guy that I was so much craving approval and positive attention for being a star that I was, you know, I was, they would, I was causing them to push me away even, you know, because Uh. they, they don't, they didn't, they don't want to give energy to that motivation. No. And it's it's interesting now as an as a as a middle aged man I'm 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 much more aware of the of the c- conditions 
that are that arise in me that seek that approval out you know the having the alcoholic parents or the uh, alcoholic grandparents or the alcoholic great grandparents you know the, it's a whole line of people who are self medicating from mm. a, from abuse and pain and um and then you know giving out more abuse and pain as they drink you know it's all of these things create someone who seeks approval yes and kind of figuring that out i think is is um it does a weird thing to the intensity of the practice mm. it's like i don't i don't need approval um right. i just want to kind of you know work on you know some back issues or work on some hip issues so that i can be mm -hmm. fit uh but that's not but i'm not going to go to mysore now to try and get another posture no no <laughs> no 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 that's that that time is gone isn't it yeah, <laughs> yeah. it feels like yeah. it. it feels like it yeah yeah and yeah i, I remember david swenson said to me once uh because so I practiced with him quite a bit. And he said, Maria, you know, one day you're going to have to start to give back the postures that you are now given. <laughs> and yeah. I, said, I looked at him and I said, no, that will never happen. <laughs> I will always learn more. You know, I will always yeah. learn more postures. I just couldn't see myself as someone getting older or having to give back because my body was changing. It was not in mm -hmm. my mind. You know, yeah. So, yeah, but that that day will come. You know, for all of us that are mm -hmm. luckily still living in this body, that we will start to give back what we've been given in mm -hmm. so many ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, but and that's can be very beautiful, actually, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is yeah. very that release and that letting go and that, yeah, that offering even right. Yes. It, it brings up an interesting point, I think, especially for women who think about fertility. Mm. You know, they, I think often I think a young woman struggles w with the transition to not being fertile. Mm. Perhaps you also, you struggle with the, with the idea of, of self-worth, that you had value in, in being so obviously fertile. Mm. And, and so then what to make of yourself if, um, you know the 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 as the as they say in the Ramayana, the dust starts to accumulate on the flower petals. Slightly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just ever so much. You're a grandmother yeah. now, and yeah. so what what has that been like for you to to become a grandmother and to transition this way? Actually, at the moment, I feel as I've never been so content within myself as I am for now. Mm. Actually, I have come to terms with many things in my life that I struggled with, you know, not having children, not, you know, having a family and, you know, saying no to that when I was younger and ending up wanting and then it was too late. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, also struggling with other things in my life, you know, my personality and, and my background and how I have coped with life you know, with pain, my way of escaping in, the, in different ways. So I feel like I've kind of come to terms with so many things within mm. at this time of my life. So I am, um, and also this last 
last year, you know, spending a lot of time with myself has been really good for me. So I, I feel content at the moment. Fantastic. Uh, but I do think it has been a journey to getting older. It has been difficult to see the face change, to, to see the body change, to give back postures, not to be able to be so supple and strong and flexible and all that. It has, and it is. But at the moment, is I am more content that I've been in a long, long time. Maybe, maybe never before. Mm, that's, that's so incredible. nice. Yeah. I, when I was um, trying to have a child, and I started to try late, you know, and mm. then discovered that I was uh, I was sterile, mm. and it does it does sort of hit you in the stomach, like mm. I'm. All of these, all of these thousands of Swedes and Jews that survived throughout millennia, they, I'm the last one, and that's it. Yeah. And I'm, I, I couldn't keep the line going. Mm. And it's, a, it's a funny feeling to sort of like, oh, there, there's, that's it. And you either you have to like look at the whole rest of life as, as something that you're a part of, mm. or you, you have you, you wallow. I think in in uh, sadness. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, then, you know, I can totally relate to that. But I think about that sometimes, actually, that I have no one coming after me. There is no one kind of looking like me or, you know, mm. uh, and there is, there has been a lot of sadness, a lot of pain uh, working mm. around and with that and, uh, and it has not been easy. But, it is what it is, and uh, but well, that this is my destiny. This is how it is. And if I'm gonna dwell on, you know, the that it didn't become the way I was wishing for for some time in my life, then I will forever be unhappy and dwelling, and my life will be miserable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it's not easy all the time. But at the mm-hmm. moment, I'm kind of content with how it is. Yes. Yeah. And it's nice that you have uh your brother's children to yes. to enjoy. <laughs> and yeah, their I mean, children's children. They are they are the youngest one is ten now and she very much reminds me actually about myself being mm-hmm. and even wilder than I am. And I can actually <laughs> myself quite a lot in her and it's it's very interesting and uh, and both my brothers uh uh, are very and their families are very generous with their children that I can kind of take you know I've always been part of their family very naturally yeah. so I'm very grateful for that I'm sure they're and very I, grateful for you too <laughs> I can always be the nice auntie I don't have to tell you know say no or put the rules and you know I can always be the nice auntie saying yes to everything so that yeah. I can get that love thing you know from them no it's, it's nice it but is it's it's incredible I'm a stepfather myself and it's um mm-hmm. It is, it's funny feeling because I, I, I can look at him and, and feel the similarities in spirit and personality. And, uh, and it's, it's interesting to feel a connection to someone who's, he's not my child, but I still feel so much like uh, a parent Mm. and he goes back and forth all the time that he'll call me Russell. Mm -hmm. And then a couple minutes later, he'll call me dad. Okay. 
you know, I always kind of die a little bit inside when he calls me Russell. (laughs) (laughs) But it is what it is, you know, that's the situation. Yeah. 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 So what are you doing now, Maria? Uh, At the moment, I am actually, I'm going to be teaching a little bit, actually. I've been to South Sweden and been teaching. Like, we are allowed to have very small groups. So I've been doing that. Oh, good. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm working on some projects at home. And I've been doing a little bit of, uh, you know, doing some kind of, you know, my own things. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. going on this uh, inner journey with uh, shamanic healing. uh, Study with this um, wonderful couple here in Sweden. So I'm doing a bit of that. Um, Wonderful. Do you have any retreats planned for India? Are you home for a while now? No, I'm I'm having actually, I'm going to Crete in June, if that's going to happen. It's a two weeks. And Crete is opening up. So I think that will happen. Small group, you know, safe like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, India is planned for November for two weeks, but I, I know that I don't think that's going to happen. Right. Yeah. No. It's so mm-hmm. difficult to predict these things. Yes. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you, you know, you know, day by day, week by week, uh, I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm not so worried at, at the moment as I was in the beginning, you know, how things were going to be and this and that and, you know, how mm-hmm. to support yourself and money and, it kind of is what it is, and um, just to adjust to the situation as best, I'm hoping this will pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it um, is it better now to travel and teach and do workshops than than to have your shala in in Stockholm like you used to? Yeah, you know, I had the shala for ten years. Mm-hmm. I left it 2009. It's uh, it's eleven years, twelve years ago, right? Yeah. yeah, it goes quick. No, I mean that that uh, that I have not had one second of regret to, to leave. The <laughs> oh no, that, that was like really. I loved the years teaching there and everything I learned and where it took me and the dedication and you know it really put me into a disciplined way of living which I needed in in many ways. But that that. I, you know, it's. Uh, I'm, I feel so much more free doing this, mm-hmm. and I didn't yeah. want to be the boss. You know, you, I became the boss. Yeah, you know, yeah. I started to, to people were. You know, I had like trainees that were learning from me, and and then they start to work for me, and I became a teacher, and I became a boss, and it grew. It got bigger and bigger, and I got more and more responsibility, and it wasn't my thing. I always wanted to be free, so. Uh, I don't want to be responsible for anyone else. Uh, yeah. You know, no. So I, I'm very happy that I left. And uh, the Shala is still uh, in there. It's hanging in there. And um, they are doing well. And I'm also very happy for that. So mm-hmm. it's Yeah, good. it's nice. It's kind of, in a way, when you, when you start a Shala, um, I mean, I guess any business, but, you know, a yoga Shala in particular, it's a bit like having a child. It's like having a little 
Mm. baby. You have to grow it from the ground up and nurture it and nurture all the people coming there. Give it mm. constant attention. Yeah, it needs exactly constant attention. Yeah. And so it's it's very um, rewarding. I have a, a similar experience with my Shala and Victoria. It's so rewarding when you leave it into in the hands or in the care of someone else and they're able to um, you know, help that entity, that community grow even more. It's you feel like, oh, I made the right decision. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really good. I feel so happy for myself, for them, and uh, that I took that decision. So it, it, it's yeah. very good. good. I can do sometimes, you know, the sense of belonging, that community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, of course. But since yeah. I travel a lot, I have that in different places anyway with with people so and it mm -hmm. also has created a more of a stronger belonging within myself you know than just having to put it outside all, all, all the time yeah with other people. so yeah no, I'm, i feel happy for that mm. oh so good mm. Mm. well if students want to join you on one of your upcoming retreats can they find the information on your website yes everything is on my website so um it's yes MariaBooks dot dot MariaBooksYoga dot com dot com. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, and it's both in English and Swedish, so you know it's. Uh, I even have some. Uh, I'm going to put up my, but that's only in Swedish. Though I have that list, like this chakra course uh, during last oh, nice. spring and summer, but that's only in Swedish. So, but mostly it's. Um, the courses I teach, like I usually teach in both Swedish and English. Oh, incredible. Oh, wow. well, I hope we get some time to be together soon. Maybe in Goa, we can all be together someday in the future. Or we <laughs> yes, can, come to, we can so. come to Stockholm and see you. Yeah. Yes, you're more than welcome to come here. When there must be some kind of Anders Zorn museum that we could go see together. <laughs> You have like a Swedish ancestors, Russell, or yeah, 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 yeah. The Lund family—that's my family. The Lund family. From um, I don't know how that? to say it. From Gutenberg. Gutenberg. From, from Göteborg. Göteborg. Yeah. Göteborg in Swedish and in English Gothenburg. Gothenburg. Yeah, Göteborg. Yeah, that's where the family's from. The Lund, the Lunds are from there. There's some mm. Johansons and Paulsons and other Swedes as well, mm -hmm. um, but. Um, my my main mentor in my art career, Leonard Anderson, he is mm -hmm. a, a Swede, also raised in, uh, or born in Detroit like me. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, Anders Zorn is the great Swedish portrait painter of the 19th century. He's like the greatest mm -hmm. Swedish painter of all yeah. time. Mm. So I'd like to go see him. All right. Yeah. We'll make a, make a plan for it. <laughs> Be nice. yeah. I'm just constantly mistaken as Swedish, as you know. <laughs> yes, it's... you look very Swedish, much more than I do, actually, Harmony. <laughs> yeah. So I'll blend yeah. in. You, do, <laughs> you look exactly like my cousin, um, Lacey. Yeah. Lacey um, is a, looks very much, she takes very much after the, the Lund side. Mm -hmm. And the two of you are like twins. It's really weird sometimes. Mm -hmm. some, and I look at you I'm like, oh, I married my cousin. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I've want... never ever been taken as a Swedish person. No, never, never ever. All these years of traveling all over the world, I've never got a first guess as Swedish. Yeah, what do people guess you as the most? 
as the most, they guess me Brazilian. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. I can see that. Yeah, yeah for sure. South that makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah, Spanish, Brazil, uh, North Italy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those yeah, ones. for sure. Yeah, because of the you have the dark hair and kind of darker complexion. I think. Yeah, I have an olive skin. You know, even without yeah. olive. Yeah. So you know, I'm not bluish whitish or greenish whitish. Um, I have an olive right. skin. So. Yeah. 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 You're like Mediterranean. You were meant to live in a the warm sun. I am harmony, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. I know this about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. It's like I become someone else. Actually, it's uh, yeah. So yeah. Well, yeah. you chose the right path for your soul. Yeah, I think I had no other choice. Actually, I I don't think I would have survived without the yoga. In a way, you know, I would not have had a a, a life uh, that I would have felt happy with without the yoga. No way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the adventure, and all the adventure, and also to feel, you know, that there is a sense of deeper meaning. And there's a, like you know, you said before that I like to go have teachers. There is you you never. You know, there is there is no end to how much we can mm-hmm. learn. There is no end to how much we can understand about life, ourselves, and the universe, uh, and and that brings me a sense of a deep belonging to the flow of life. You know, that mm-hmm. that feel separated. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm thank really you. very grateful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the breaking waves There's a heart